What's up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Every day, Louis DiBiase joining you on this edition of the show. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure it feels a lot better to listen to these podcasts when the Eagles are winning football games, which out of 11 games has only happened five times this year, but a big one on Sunday against the New York Giants, which keeps us in the playoff picture. Only one game out of the NFC East, Lee, with a playoff-like atmosphere coming up this Sunday against the Washington Redskins. It's going to be really exciting because they kept the season alive with that Giants win, and it was a big one. I have posted some content on LockdownEagles.com that I think you're going to like this week as we gear up for this game against Washington, which we start our Washington coverage tomorrow with the crossover edition with Lockdown Redskins. So we're going to do that on Wednesday. We're going to take another look at the matchup on Thursday with some key matchups to watch both on offense and on defense. So that's on Thursday. So throughout the week, stay tuned to Lockdown Eagles as we get you ready for what is right now the biggest game of the season against the NFC East rival Washington Redskins. Go to LockdownEagles.com for all our podcasts every day throughout the week, as well as written content. Posted an interesting story yesterday. If you're a glass-half-empty kind of guy or girl that's an Eagles fan listening to the show, I kind of this was this article was for you. I drew up a scenario on how eight and eight can win the East. It's the time of year now where you know last year we didn't have to worry about it because the Eagles are so good. Where we break out the playoff machine. I haven't really had to use it since probably 2015, right? Because in, in 2016 you can kind of tell after that quick three and zero undefeated start that after a while they started dropping off and dropping off. After that that Sunday night football loss to Dallas, you can kind of tell this team isn't as good as we thought early on. But back in 2015, Chip Kelly's last year. The Eagles actually played Washington in a late-season important game like they've done a lot in the past five or six years. They played Washington in some big matchups, and they needed that win to keep their playoff hopes alive. They could have won the East at 9-7, and 8-8 eight and eight that year. It, it would have been close if they could have won that football game. So I, I went to the playoff machine, which is always fun. Love doing it. I've missed it. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't missed it because I wish the Eagles – I wish I didn't have to use it for the Eagles, but I've missed using it in general – I found a way to get the Eagles in at 8-8, eight and eight, and it's not crazy. So check that out on LockdownEagles.com. As for today's show, we are going to get into the wide receiver position. I want to talk about Golden Tate and the fit or the lack of fit that he has had so far with this football team. And I think it's a, you know, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a positive to talk about after the win, but I feel like it's something that's got to be discussed right now because against Washington, and with the Eagles' health still being a problem on the defensive side, they're still going to have to put up points against teams, especially we got the Rams coming up, and they played the, those Houston Texans last night that beat the Tennessee Titans. They are hot. I think, what are they, on a uh, seven or an eight-game winning streak right now? I mean, they look, with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins, Demarius Thomas, Lamar Miller looked good yesterday. That defense, Houston's a tough battle as well, and Dallas is red hot right now. They play the Saints this week, so hopefully that can be a loss for them. But the Eagles are going to need offensive production. They're going to need to have another performance like they had against the Giants in the second half. And part of that, what's going to come as a result of good offensive play, is hopefully these wide receivers and these just these offensive skill players in general meshing better than they have since the Golden Tate trade. Because it really has not been a fit. The Eagles have failed to get the Golden Tate from Detroit. The guy that consistently has been getting... 90-plus catches, over a 1,000 yards, the rack monster that I called him when we first traded for him. The Eagles have not gotten that guy in Philadelphia since trading at the deadline a third-round pick 
for him to be that guy. I mean, they brought him in to be, they saw the Rams, what they're doing with all their weapons, right? And the Kansas City Chiefs, where you go down the line, there's like five really good legitimate options for Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes. And that's what Howie Roseman was trying to do with bringing in Golden Tate. Totally got the logic there. But the coaching staff has not done as good of a job as we, we might have thought they were going to be able to at fitting Golden Tate into this offense. Really, they've made him into kind of a, a gimmick player, right? They've been trying to force feed him the ball. And I don't know if it's to make up for the value. I feel like part of it is that, hey, we gave up a lot. We gave up a third-round pick on this guy, so we have to get him the football. It's not like when they brought in Jordan Matthews, oh, we have to start, suddenly start force-feeding him the football right now. Because I feel like they have to do that more with Golden Tate since they gave up a third-round pick. I feel like there's a, a lot more pressure to get him involved. And there's also the part, too, if we can get him involved and get him comfortable in this offense, that's going to take this offense to new heights, which I do agree with. But they're force-feeding him the ball almost just to force-feed him the ball. When really, he hasn't been that good so far. He hasn't. I don't think he's learned the offense fully yet. But also, I mean, it's just it's not working when he's getting the football, yet he continues to get targeted heavily. Outside of Zach Ertz, the past two weeks, he's been the most targeted pass catcher for Carson Wentz. And I just, part of that is making up for the third-round pick trade value. And that's irresponsible. If that, I don't know 100% if that's why they're going to Golden Tate so much, but you can definitely tell these are design plays that they're trying to get him the football. So it's, it's to get him involved in the offense. It's to try to get him comfortable. But it's also, too, because of the pressure that the front office, I feel like, put on them with the compensation they gave up for him. And yet it's not working, and they keep giving him the football. And that's the problem right now is that if, if you're going to force-feed him the ball, he's got to start producing. If not, you eventually got to stop feeling that pressure. The Eagles can't afford to play offense right now in a way where they're trying to make up for picks that they gave up to try to make a move, an acquisition, look better than it has been so far. At 5-6, and six, with the playoffs on the line, you cannot afford that right now. And I feel like that's kind of what they're doing. It, it, it almost reminds me of, of Darren Sproles and how the Eagles sometimes use him. Look, the talent isn't the issue with those players, right? Darren Sproles is a very dangerous weapon on offense. He's a run-after-the-catch king in the NFL. He was throughout his entire career in the NFL. Tate also, same thing. It's not anything about his talent, but it's about the fit right now, which maybe we missed. And I feel like with Sproles, too, a lot of the time they see Darren Sproles on the field and they're like, wow, he's such a dangerous weapon. We got to make sure we get him the football. And sometimes it simplifies the offense. It's obvious. And it really doesn't pan out as much as you would think. And that's kind of similar to what's going on right now with Golden Tate. And it's costing other players opportunities to make plays, specifically Nelson Aguilar, and Alshon Jeffrey, and mainly Nelson Aguilar. I, I, coming in, I was a fan of the Golden Tate trade. I understood it. I, I thought adding another weapon for Carson Wentz could only help. With the compensatory pick formula, you can get a fourth-round pick back for this Golden Tate trade, despite giving up a third. Be like the Chiefs, be like the Rams, just continue to add, add, add more weapons for this offense, because we've seen the offensive explosion this year in the NFL. It made sense. We hoped that it could work with Aguilar and Tate, and they made it seem like that they were going to be able to complement each other, both being able to play on the outside, both being able to play on the inside, different looks with Zach Ertz as well in there, and that has not been the case at all. Nelson Aguilar has one catch in two games. Granted, the one catch he made against the Giants was the most important one of the game, converting that fourth and one 
as the Eagles took the lead on that drive and ended up saving the season. So Nelson Aguilar, in a way, saved the season with that mesh concept that he was wide open in the middle, caught the ball, moved the chains. But outside of that, Nelson Aguilar has been a non-factor. And that's not what we thought was going to happen. The reason that we weren't critical, we've some people were, but we didn't. A lot of people, a lot of people th- thought that Tate wasn't just going to be a slot receiver. He wasn't going to be a gimmick player where you have to draw plays for him to get involved. That he could just make plays in the passing game like everyone else does, where it doesn't have to be scripted to get him the football. Because that's not the way it was in Detroit, and a lot of the time it wasn't the way it was in Seattle. But maybe we. I don't know if we're if we're wrong about this yet. The jury's still out. We still have five games to figure this out. But right now, Golden Tate seems like he's just a guy they want to use on the inside, and he hasn't done much damage yet in there. And Nelson Aguilar hasn't done a lot of damage on the outside. Not all on him. I feel like I just went back on the tape before this podcast, watched some of his routes against the Giants. I feel like there were plays to be had down the field. But again, Carson Wentz is looking more towards Golden Tate right now. And it's just... It's, it's hurting this offense. It is. The move right now has not helped the offense at all, and it's actually hurt it quite a bit because Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar have not been involved enough in this offense. You know, I, I think that I, – I thought that he was going to compliment these these guys well, and he, and he hasn't. It seems like they got a player that they already kind of had in Nelson Aguilar and in Zach Ertz. They got a player that's going to eat over the middle of the field and that's really it. And the Eagles kind of already had that. Now, obviously, those guys don't have the run after the catch ability that Golden Tate has. Most broken tackles from a receiver out of anyone in the NFL. But they haven't seen that yet. And if they don't, and they keep getting him the football, this offense is going to suffer. Meanwhile, you see teams like Dallas right now with Amari Cooper and Demarius Thomas caught two touchdowns yesterday in Houston. Those guys aren't, they're not scripted. I mean, Amari Cooper a lot of time is scripted just because they have no one else in the passing game. But those guys are just going out there and playing wide receiver and meshing perfectly with the other talent on the offensive side of the football. The Texans have no problem scoring points with Demarius Thomas on that offense. With DeAndre Hopkins and with him and Kiki Kuti, who's a deep threat. It hasn't worked that way for Philadelphia as much as those other guys. And it makes you think maybe a player like Robbie Anderson, if they could have got him, would have worked out better. A deep threat could have let Nelson Aguilar stay inside. Maybe because with a guy like Robbie Anderson, you're not going to force feed the football when it's not the right thing to do. And I feel like right now they're feeling the pressure. Maybe the coaching staff is feeling the pressure of the trade to force feed Tate the ball. But right now it's not working. And when it's not working, you got to change it up. And I'm not saying I don't want Tate to produce. And I don't want them to give him the football. He is a dangerous weapon especially in the run-after-the-catch area, which the Eagles need help in. But if it's not working, you can't continue to do it. And it hasn't worked yet. But yet, again, outside of Zach Ertz, the past two weeks, he's had more targets than Aguilar and Jeffrey. So I, it's, it, it, it's kind of concerning right now. It, it, it is. When we come back right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, we're going to continue our talk about the wide receivers, get into some more numbers, get into how maybe the Eagles can fix this fit. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast. This episode of Lockdown Eagles is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery heated clothing. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via 
heating panel similar to a heated car seat that can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees and are powered by rechargeable 5-volt lithium-ion batteries that last up to 12 hours on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. Perfect for any friend or family member on your holiday gift list. Great for anyone who works outdoors, skiers, snowboarders, or anybody that really loves the outdoors or hates being cold. Action Heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat. Heated products that fit everyone's budget starting at just $39.99. We've got a special deal for our Lockdown Eagles listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash lockdown. That's actionheat.com slash lockdown to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash lockdown to use the promo code lockdown at checkout to save 20% off. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat, and we thank them for sponsoring the Lockdown Eagles podcast today. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Louis DiBiase here joining you on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Thank you for listening. Again, got to feel better listening to these podcasts. I know for me growing up as a fan, it was easier to listen to Philly sports radio when the Eagles are winning football games. So if you missed any of our recent shows, Gino did stock up, stock down yesterday courtesy of the win from the Eagles against the New York Giants. So he went in back to the tape on Sunday. Who helped their case this season? Who did not in that football game? That was yesterday. You can check out that podcast or the the post-game show, our initial quick first takes at the Eagles win against New York. That was on Sunday. You can check out all those shows on LockdownEagles.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio. Really anywhere you can find podcasts, Lockdown Eagles is up and available. As for today, we're talking about Golden Tate and the fit or the lack thereof a fit in the offense right now for Tate. And it's look, it's hurting the other receivers, like I said in the first segment. We have not seen Elshon Jeffrey or Nelson Aguilar be the impactful players they were last year or even earlier in the season. Nelson Aguilar, for the first few weeks, I remember that Atlanta game, he wasn't getting a lot of yards, but all the targets he was getting, and then with Nick Foles against Tampa Bay as well. I was thinking to myself, here comes that breakout year for Nelson Aguilar. In the offseason, I thought eventually this year he was going to emerge as the best receiver this Eagles team had on offense, because I thought he, and I still think he has that potential. And Alshon Jeffrey too, when he came back against Tennessee, He was a monster against the Titans and against the Giants and against Carolina. Him and Wentz seemed like their chemistry was right back to what it was throughout last year. And it's not that I don't want Golden Tate to produce. It isn't. I want him to produce, but I want him to produce within the offense. I don't want it to be where they're forcing it. Where he should just be making plays within the play calls that aren't scripted to just force him the football even if he's running a four yard out route and the corner is just a couple inches away and yet you still throw him the football or these these crazy screen passes and this misdirection I do like the creativity of trying to get him involved but after a while they, they continue to do it and it has not worked eventually just make him a wide receiver I saw someone tweet it out not sure who it was but they, they said just have him play wide receiver I mean Golden Tate has been proven to be a close to a number one receiver throughout his tenure in Detroit before he came to the Eagles just as a wide receiver he wasn't a Darren Sproles guy where they always had to do different stuff with him drop screens and just signature you know plays that are going to go to him 
right? He was making plays just as a as a wide receiver, just going down the field, making you know different routes, and he was making plays in different ways. And they're they're not doing that right now, and it's taking away from to me they're more important weapons. I think Elshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar are more important to this team than Golden Tadar, and Dallas Goddard too. They've they've all all three of them have really disappeared since Golden Tate has been here. Jeffrey's target share from Graham Barfield of NFL.com. Per him, Jeffrey's target share was cut from 24% to 15% since Golden Tate has joined the team. You look at the targets right now against the Giants. Zach Ertz continues to eat. He had eight targets. Golden Tate tied for first with eight targets. Alshon Jeffrey, three. Nelson Aguilar, one. So combined, they had four. Golden Tate had double that with eight. Then you go back to the Saints game. A tough one to evaluate, evaluate. But nonetheless, you look at it. Golden Tate led the team with targets with eight. Only had 48 yards. Alshon Jeffrey had five targets. Nelson Aguilar had two. So combined, they had seven. Golden Tate had more. In two straight weeks, he had more targets than Nelson Aguilar and Golden Tate and, uh, and uh, Alshon Jeffrey combined. That, that can't be the formula for this Eagles offense. It can't be. They have to get Aguilar and Jeffrey more involved. Alshon has not had a game of 50-plus yards since Carolina. He hasn't been in the end zone since either. These, these things got to be fixed because what Jeffrey and Aguilar bring to the table that I feel like they have more to benefit this offense, they have more to help this offense benefit over Tate is that they're sideline receivers that can make plays down the field with deep plays, which the Eagles have not really had. Throughout the year so far, the Eagles' passing game has really relied on the middle of the field. Obviously because Zach Ertz is having a historic season, but now you bring Golden Tate in as well, and I feel like they're relying on that too much. Whereas Aguilar right now is your best deep threat, and Alshon Jeffrey is one as well, where you got to give him more opportunities when he's one-on-one. He doesn't have to be wide open to throw Alshon Jeffrey the football. With his, with his height and his wingspan, they, these guys need to get more opportunities. Again, against the Giants, there were probably three plays I counted where Carson Wentz throws it down the field targeting Aguilar. They could have broke into a 50-yard touchdown. A big play. They got to get more chances, and with Golden Tate right now in the offense, they're not doing that. Goddard, by the way, as well, they haven't run a lot of 12 personnel since they got Golden Tate because they're trying to run those three receivers and they're trying to get Golden Tate involved, and they want that to be more so the focal point of their offense since they brought him in. When, in actuality, they're better. They're a better offense in 12 personnel with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz on the field. And Goddard, really, since Tate has come in, and he's a, he's a great blocker, too. I mean, he should be on the field for the run game. The run game is better when Dallas Goddard is on the field. And Golden Tate has kind of prevented that as well. Goddard had six straight games before Golden Tate got here of 30-plus snaps. Since then, he's had 16 against the Cowboys, 17 against the Saints, and then this week when they won the game against the Giants, he had 36, and he had three catches for 33 yards, and I thought Dallas Goddard was really good. He made plays. You can't let those guys disappear. They're too valuable overall as passing threats. They offer a lot as red zone threats too. Nelson Aguilar was awesome in the red zone last year. He has not been used enough in that area. Alshon Jeffrey as well. They're too valuable as overall receivers to, yes, I still want Golden Tate to get the football. He is very dangerous, but not at the expense of those other guys. We saw those other guys were the focal points, weapon-wise, of a Super Bowl team. Got to let Tate just go out there and be a receiver. Just let him go out there and do what Jordan Matthews was doing. Jordan Matthews was perfect with Aguilar and Jeffrey before they got Golden Tate. 
The offense was better when it was just Jordan Matthews out there playing on the outside sometimes, sometimes in the slot. They weren't scripted plays to him. They weren't force-feeding him the ball unnecessarily. And the offense was moving a lot better. And Jordan Matthews had a great game right before they traded for Tate. He had over 90 yards against Jacksonville in London. Because they were just, again, they were throwing to the open man. He just was fitting into what they were already doing on offense. Whereas Golden Tate, again, has kind of turned out to be a gimmick player. And he is better than that. So, yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't really played that well either. He had a bad drop against the Giants. He was terrible in punt return. It was, it was not good. He has not been great. And part of it, too, he's still trying to learn the offense. But it's, also, it, it's more so the way he's been utilized. And the way he's being utilized, from not only just on the coaching staff, but Wentz as well, has relied on him and Ertz way too much. So this isn't all just on Golden Tate. It's also about we need Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar to make more plays. If you want to beat, if you want to have any chance of beating the Rams and the Texans, you need Alshon Jeffrey and you need Nelson Aguilar. And you need Dallas Goddard out there because the Eagles are a damn good offense on 12 personnel. Come up with more mesh concepts, right? We saw that fourth and one when the Eagles moved the chains. The biggest play of the season so far, honestly. That, that was the season right there. They had to convert that to keep the season alive. Much like in the Super Bowl when Nick Foles had to convert that fourth and one to Zach Ertz at midfield, or else you know the Patriots already up 33-32 would have drove down and won that football game. Same situation, I mean, obviously not to the same level, but a fourth and one with the season on the line against the Giants. And Nelson Aguilar was there to make the play. But what did it come off of? One of those old-school Chip Kelly mesh concepts, right, where Tate and Ertz are coming, or uh, I think it was Jeffrey, both running crossers, Nelson Aguilar, a deeper inside route, wide open in the middle of the field. Those are the kind of things, if you want to have Tate involved, you want to get design plays for those guys, have him compliment Aguilar in that way. That's a dangerous, dangerous play that defenses are going to be up at night thinking about how to stop Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard, and like mesh concepts, which were huge for Nick Foles last year in the Super Bowl run, and they worked with the biggest play of the season with the season on the line against the Giants. Those are some of the things they need to do with Golden Tate. Hopefully they can get it done. Hopefully they can make it work still. I'm still hoping that Aguilar and Tate can work well together because right now it's, look, if it's, if it's not going to work, eventually you just got to scrap it and start playing Jordan Matthews more. I'm not saying bench Golden Tate, but I'm really hoping that eventually he, they can just start, he can start making plays as a wide receiver and they, they stop with the scripted plays. Because they haven't worked so far. I mean, they, there hasn't been one play I can remember where they they drew it up for Golden Tate. I mean, the plays he has made, moving the chains against the Giants, a couple 10, 12-yard passes, they were just simple routes as a slot receiver. But I, I also hope they start giving Aguilar chances on the outside, also put him and Tate on the inside, too. And they got to still do some different stuff. Because that's what we were convinced. That's why me and Gino really liked the trade was we thought – they were going to be used in many different ways together, and instead it's really just been all about Golden Tate at the expense of Nelson Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey, and those are, to me, the more important weapons. Dallas Goddard as well. Let's take one more break. We'll wrap up the show, talk a little bit about Carson Wentz and where he comes into play with all of this. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the final segment of this Tuesday edition of the show. Louis DiBiase joining you. Follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, LOE, and at Gino underscore LOE. Talking about the fit that Golden Tate has not had so far in this offense and how, to me, it's a priority to get Dallas Goddard more involved and Alshon Jeffrey and Aguilar and just make Golden Tate another receiver in this offense, right? Just 
kind of much like what they used with Darren Sproles that I've kind of been complaining about with them for the past couple years was the over-reliance on Darren Sproles, where it's kind of simplified the offense and it's made the other playmakers suffer a little bit. I feel like that's kind of been the factor so far. That's kind of been the impact that Golden Tate has had on this offense in the three games as he's been in Philadelphia. Another part of this, though, is why specifically Aguilar has struggled, is that you saw the Ian Rappaport report before the Giants game that Carson Wentz isn't fully recovered from that ACL injury, and it and it probably won't be fully healed until the 2019-2020 season. So with that, I kind of went back to the film, started watching, because last week I what I was kind of calling for against the Giants was I want to see more plays with him outside the pocket, with him, you know, doing the Russell Wilson, doing what he did last year, kind of improv in it, you know, just let when the play breaks down, just kind of playing street ball, because that's what made him an MVP candidate last year a lot of the time. He is a great pocket passer, and when he's been lethal this year, it's been within the pocket. He's got great pocket movement. Accuracy this year has significantly increased from the first two years as an Eagle. But to to make him good to great, it's been that ability to extend plays with his legs and use those extending leg plays to make passes on the run, outside the pocket. And that helps guys like Nelson Aguilar, who are really good at just getting open on the fly with his speed and his power as a receiver. You saw the big plays last year down the field from Nelson Aguilar. You look at the Washington play, uh, the Seattle play. A lot of those ones came from Wentz dodging pass rushers, running around, getting to the right side of the pocket, getting to the left, and finding Aguilar down the field. There were those two crazy plays against Seattle that I can think of, and there was the play against Washington. The, the Cardinals touchdown more so was Wentz stepping up in the pocket, but again, it was him evading rushers. And I did notice so far... Wentz still has that mobility. You've seen it against the the Colts, against Jacksonville, the first game against the Giants. When the Eagles' offense has been really good, it has been with Wentz running around making plays, doing that 2017 magic he did. But you can still you can still tell, like when he pulled that football on the read option play that he could not convert against the Giants on third and short. You didn't see that same burst and that same speed. So that's another part too as to why I feel like Nelson Aguilar and Alshon Jeffrey as well are, are struggling as of late because they're not getting those deeper plays that are just on the fly. Let those guys get open like they're playing pickup football in the backyard. You can tell the mobility isn't the same yet. It's getting there. You still see it. I feel like against Jacksonville, it was really good. I mean, when he ducked under Kalias Campbell and actually got a throw off, you still see the talent there, that ability, which is why we fell in love with Carson Wentz, is why I was obsessed with him in the 2016 draft. That's got to come back, though, and I, I feel like he can still do it. I feel like he's a little hesitant as well. There were times when it's like against the Giants, I felt like he hung in the pocket a little bit too long, and he's relied on Ertz a lot because he's been in the pocket and everything's coming through the middle, and that's what he's relying on right now. So I think that's another part of this that needs to be improved in the Eagles' offense. These are some things I've noticed watching the tape against the Giants that, to me, can bring this team back to some of the greatness they've had on offense the past couple of years with Doug Peterson, and it'll open up the play calling. But as of right now, they still have work to do in the passing game. This has been the Lockdown Eagles podcast, available as always on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining me on this edition of the show. Tomorrow is Crossover Wednesday with Lockdown Redskins as we start Washington Week, a big one. 
next Monday night at Lincoln Financial Field against Colt McCoy and the Redskins as the 5-6 and six Eagles look to close the gap to tie up the NFC East lead with Dallas and Washington. For myself, Louis DiBiase, this has been Locked On Eagles. Thanks for listening, thanks for downloading, and let's go Birds! You are Locked On Eagles, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.